when you have a podcast, you have a platform to be a leader and to really create change. You you literally have created a virtual stage for yourself. What are you going to do at that stage? Hey there, and welcome to Lead with Impact. Really excited to have you with me today. We are going to be talking about a little bit different topic today than we've discussed before here. We are going to be talking about podcasting itself. If you're a fan of podcasting and podcasts, which I'm guessing you are because you're listening to this, well then, you might be really intrigued by today's guest. We are going to be talking to Jessica Rhodes. Jessica is the leading expert on how to leverage podcast guesting for increased brand awareness, more leads, and higher profit. She created the podcast booking industry in 2013 when she founded Interview Connections, the first and leading agency of its kind. We'll definitely want to talk about that. And she has scaled Interview Connections to over $1 million in annual revenue with nearly no direct marketing or advertising. Today, she works with successful entrepreneurs and businesses like Allie Brown, Perry Marshall, Aweber, USA Financial, and more. On top of that, Jessica herself has done hundreds of podcast interviews, both as a guest and as a co-host of Rock the Podcast. She is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from both sides of the mic, and has been a featured speaker at PodFest Multimedia Expo and FinCon. So if you have any interest in podcasting, maybe you'd like to be a podcast guest to talk about your business or passion, or maybe you're thinking of starting your own podcast, sit tight. This is going to be a great episode for you. In the meantime, if you like this episode, we'd be really happy if you could take a moment to subscribe, like or comment on our podcast would make a huge difference for us and you can do that on apple music or your favorite podcast provider that being said let's jump in and start talking about how you can benefit from podcasting jessica welcome to lead with impact hey brian thanks for having me today i'm excited to be here i'm excited to have you as we were saying before we started recording, I've talked about a lot of things on this podcast, but we've never actually talked about podcasting itself, which seems like a massive gap. So I'm glad that you are here right now so we can talk about this because I think it's something that a lot of people are curious about and I know you have the answers for them. So I wanna dig into that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such an important topic because you know, lead with impact, right? This is a show about leadership. And when you want to be a leader and when you are a leader, you have to be speaking up and taking a stand and, and leading the community and podcasting is an amazing way to do that. I want to get into all of that because I know you have a lot of knowledge that can help people. But before we get there, I would like to know a little bit about you and your journey. How does this version of Jessica, 
how did she come to be? What was the journey to bring you to this place where we are talking now and you're running this company and focusing on podcasts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all kind of really full circle for me because as I was uh, mentioning to you just a few minutes ago, I, I went to college and studied organizational communication and leadership. And for many years through college and, and after college, I worked in an environmental nonprofit doing door-to-door canvassing and fundraising. You know, I was an activist. I was an organizer. And then when I, after I got married, I got pregnant with our first child and I wanted to be home. I didn't want to go back to work. I surprisingly didn't want to go knock on doors every night with when I was pregnant and, you know, with the baby. So there was definitely kind of a, a switch that flipped for me around how I wanted to spend my time and where I wanted to put my my focus professionally. And so my dad taught me about the world of online entrepreneurship. So I started my own business first as a virtual assistant and then launching interview connections where I saw that there was a gap in the marketplace. Nobody was booking podcast interviews for entrepreneurs. So I it almost seemed like I totally took a 180 flip on my career from like nonprofit activism into, you know, entrepreneurship and for-profit business. But now many years later, you know, I'm leading a team. I'm leading a company. We're helping book people on podcasts that are taking a stand for what they believe in and growing companies that help people. So it is kind of, you know, full circle back to my original you know, studies in college around leadership and organizational communication. That's, that's what I do now. So never could have predicted that I'd be in a podcasting business back when I was in school, but that's how it worked out. That's an amazing story. And I already have so many questions I want to ask you. First of all, this is totally left field. But when you said my dad introduced me to online entrepreneurship, to me, that seems a little bit unusual. I think of that being driven more by younger people, maybe up to the older people. So tell me about that. Right? Yeah, my, my dad is amazing. His name is Jim Palmer. He is a business coach. He's been an entrepreneur for 15, well, probably more than 15 years at this point. He started his own business when I was a teenager. I was 13 years old. He started his own business after long-term unemployment and a battle with skin cancer. And so he came to entrepreneurship because it was, this was right after, right around 2001 and the whole world was, <laughs> you know, falling apart. It seemed like, you know, and so he started his own business first as a newsletter marketing company. And then he started business coaching many years later. And so he found his way to entrepreneurship that way. And then when I wanted to be home with my, you know, kids, he said, you should do this. You can have your own schedule, you know, you can have your own income. And so, yeah, he introduced me to this whole world. And why the podcast? So my dad actually introduced me to podcasting. It's so funny, right? Usually it's the younger generation introducing (laughs) the older generation to all this like new forms of media. But when my dad was an entrepreneur, or he is an entrepreneur, but back, you know, back then he was going around doing speaking at a lot of seminars and his friend, um, Adam Urbanski, who's also an entrepreneur said, you know, Jim, I'm tired of going around on planes, traveling all over, sleeping in hotels. You got to do podcasts, man. Like podcasts are how you can be speaking and building an audience. And so my dad started doing podcast interviews. He started his own show, which he's had for you know eight plus years now. It's called Dream Business Radio. He started being a guest on shows. And so when I came into the business and started helping him as a virtual assistant, he said, Jess, why don't you book me on podcasts? I, I do podcast interviews. They're really great. I think you'd be good at getting me booked on more shows. So it was just sort of like an idea. It wasn't this whole, like, we're going to launch a business. It was just like, 
go get me on shows. And I really, really liked it. I loved being the matchmaker. I loved bringing people together. And so that's kind of how that all gets started. That is fascinating. Now, why do you think the podcast is a valuable tool? I guess that's my first question. And then maybe the second question, which you can, can answer along with it, is this is the podcast market saturated? Yeah. So to answer your first question, I really believe that podcasting and podcasts are a powerful tool because people want to feel connected to the people that they, that they work with and that they learn from, you know, I, I love listening to podcast interviews because I can really get to know the people I'm hearing, right? I can read articles and read books and learn a lot, but I don't hear, you know, your, your guest Tanya was talking about the heart, right? You have to lead with heart. I don't hear someone's heart necessarily through written content or a short book, or even, you know, an interview on the news where maybe it's like a couple sound bites and they look really polished in an interview. You hear the vulnerabilities you hear. I mean, it comes down to, you hear their accent. You can kind of guess what part of the country they're from. You can, you get to know people at a more human level and that's what makes it powerful. You know, I have clients that tell me I work with you over your competitor, even though you're more expensive because I heard your story and I just connect with you. I want to work with you. And that's why podcasting is powerful. Interesting. Now it seems like everyone is doing a podcast these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone might say, is it even worth starting? There's a podcast probably on every subject under the sun. Should I even roll out a podcast or is it too late? Well, that's a great question. So is the podcast market saturated? It's definitely more crowded than it was many years ago. There are over a million valid podcasts on Apple right now. And just last year, there were 700,000. So hundreds upon thousands of new shows are being created each and every year. So while if you started a podcast five, six years ago, it would be a little easier, I think, to grow an audience because there wouldn't be as many, right? I mean, my friend Katie Kremitzos, I remember when she launched her show, Biz Women Rock, there were like no shows for women entrepreneurs. You know, she was one of the only. So she was able to really grab that market share because there wasn't really much competition there. I mean, now there's so many. So, you know, is it saturated? I, I guess, but what does that, you know, what are you going to make that mean? Some people might say, oh, it's saturated, so I'm not going to do it. Or some people might say it's saturated. So that means there's a demand and that there's a lot of opportunity. And, you know, so many people are listening. I mean, when I started Interview Connections and I would tell people, people would say, oh, what do you do? What's your business podcast? They'd be like, what's that? You know, now I can tell people what they do and they, they, I can tell people what I do and they understand what it is. So I guess there's pros and cons to how crowded the marketplace is, but I think it just shows that there's so much opportunity. Right. There's a reason there's so many, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So funny story that just came to mind. She'll probably kill me for saying this. <laughs> I've had my interview for or my podcast, I should say, for I think maybe almost a year and a half now. 85 episodes. By the time this gets out, it'll probably be episode 90, 91, somewhere in there. And I was talking the other day to my sister, who is a very technologically advanced person. Well, she's not like super cutting edge, but she has an iPhone and an iPad. She, she's okay. <laughs> 
And we started talking about the podcast and her face got all serious and her voice dropped. She says, Brian, I have to admit something to you. I said, well, what? She says, I have no idea what a podcast is or how to find one. <laughs> and it just cracked me up. I, I've, we've talked about this all this time. And here's somebody who's online all of the all day. And even she didn't really understand what a podcast is. So I know there's more people out there who hear the term, but they aren't really familiar with it. And they're waiting to discover probably their next favorite podcast once they figure it all out. I totally agree. There's so many people who have yet to discover podcasts. So I think it's important to remember that in our little communities, right? So we're in the podcasting community, we're in the business community, we're in the marketing community. We feel like, oh, it's so saturated. Everyone knows it. But if you maybe just take a step out, go into another community where wherever your sister's hanging out, you realize, oh, fool, from their perspective, it's not saturated because they're not listening to podcasts. So I think that's a really important thing is to also remember that while it might feel really saturated and, and busy with whatever community you're in, there's communities that haven't even started listening yet. <laughs> right. Let's play a game. Let's say there's a listener out here, Jane, and Jane is listening to Jessica and Brian. She says, you know what? I want to start a podcast about butterflies. Who knows what it is, right? But maybe she loves butterflies. And she says, where do I start? Jessica, lead me to podcasting success. How does, oh how does she gosh. get going? Oh my gosh. Well, great question. I mean, as a business person, I'm all, I'm, I always like to say, well, what, what's your goal here, right? Because there's podcasting for passion and just because you want to talk about the thing and you don't care, right? About making money. And then there's people that have a business. Maybe she sells, you know, butterfly products, right? And wants to start. <laughs> maybe, maybe she paints butterflies, let's say. Maybe she, that, that would be a good one. Yeah. So it, it's all about what your goal is. But if it's purely about, you know, just getting started and have, and success being defined as really enjoying the process, you know, first you need a microphone. Actually, you don't even need a microphone. You could literally use your phone. It's, it's, there's a, you, there are people that start podcasts and spend thousands of dollars on equipment. And there's people that literally pick up their phone, open the voice memos app, and just start talking. So we could go any end of the spectrum, all kind of the middle of the road. If we're talking to people in business, you know, grabbing a USB microphone on Amazon for 70, $80, like the one I'm using and a pair of microphones. And if you're going to record interviews, connecting on zoom, like we are right now and just start recording and start having conversations. I think that's just the best way to get started. Cause you, you figure things out as you go. <laughs> And then for somebody who is running a business, how would you, how would your yeah. advice differ? So if, if you're running a business, this is a marketing strategy. You know, this is an investment that you're making with your time and your finances to increase your visibility, grow your brand, build relationships and connections. So I always recommend, you know, working with a, a podcast producer, working with somebody that can edit the show you don't want to try to do the editing yourself. It, it It's very confusing. I've edited my own shows in the past and I don't know all the different levels and, you know, how to make it compress and it, you, we're not sound engineers and that's okay, right? Find someone who is, send right. them the raw file of your interview and say, please make this sound good. <laughs> there are people <laughs> that can do that, right? So work with someone. There's freelancers on Upwork that'll do it for 10 bucks an episode. And then there's agencies that you can pay 
you know, a thousand bucks a month to, and they'll do more of the marketing and creating graphics and do, you know, post about it and stuff like that. But, you know, look at your budget, look at how much do you want to invest in your show and find somebody that can help you do the parts of podcasting that aren't you speaking into the microphone. I think as a business person, if you can really focus on just being behind the microphone and connecting with your guests, creating the content and delegate the rest to people who are really good at that stuff. Um, that's how you'll have longevity and success with your show. Very interesting. I can attest that there is much more work behind the scenes probably than most people realize once mm -hmm. you get into it, but it is rewarding too. And if yeah. you can be a good leader and delegate some of that work, especially the time sucking and sometimes soul sucking part of the work, um, probably a win-win. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's about delegating and just creating systems, you know, because podcasting, it does, there's a lot of moving parts, especially when you added guests to the mix, because then you're dealing with other humans that might cancel or reschedule or, you know, don't send you their bio on time. And you're like, I don't know what to talk to them about. Like there's so many moving pieces. So if you have a system and have, you know, people on your team that can help you, like I have, you know, our assistant Ava, like coordinates all the scheduling. So if, if something happens and something needs to get canceled or moved, I'm not stressing out. I can just be like, Ava, please handle this, you know? So right. you can have marketing team members who can make sure that all of the, you know, graphics are made and the posts are written. So that's all about systems and having people in the right places to help, you know, execute the systems. I don't know that we have explained to the listeners, maybe as well as we could, what exactly Interview Connections is. I know, and you know, but yeah. we've sort of talked about how you got started, but could you give us a quick overview as to exactly the service you provide for people? Yes, absolutely. So we book entrepreneurs for interviews on podcasts. So that's the service we provide. We have a whole container of services because for the you know first many several years of being in business, we were podcast bookers, connectors, you know, we brought people together for interviews. And then we found that you can do interviews. We can book you. You can book yourself. You can do interviews. But if you don't know how to monetize the interviews, if you don't know how to effectively build relationships with hosts and convert leads from those interviews, you will quit the strategy because you won't get any results from it. So we've added in more strat like so we do strategy calls with our clients. We do training. So we've added in, you know, a lot to our program to get our clients booked on the right shows and actually help them monetize their appearances so it is something that they do long term and not just a couple interviews to like see if they get lucky with, you know, one show because that's what I see a lot of people make a pitfall. They they say I'm going to do a few interviews and see if it works. That's like, that's like gambling and seeing, you know, if you win the lottery, you know, it is something that takes time. So yeah, that's what we do. Are there some of those tips that you can share that yes. you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience? Some things they can be doing, say our friend starts her butterfly podcast and she wants to sell more <laughs> of her butterfly paintings. How does yes. she do it? Absolutely. I mean, the first step is knowing who your target audience is. Who do you want to be speaking to and what do they need to know? What are their uh, biggest pain points 
and what are they most interested in? So one of our, one of our clients, Elizabeth is top of mind for me. She just started working with us and I became her customer actually, which I love sharing that because a lot of the hosts of the podcast you go on may become your client. So I interviewed her on our show and I signed up with her program the next day. I, it was what she teaches is applied neurology and nervous system work. And, and it was a blind spot for me. I didn't even know this work was out there. And as soon as I learned about it, I was like, I have to have it. So uh, you know, looking at who is your target audience, who's your ideal client. So I said, you know, Elizabeth, you need to be going on shows where people are experiencing stress because that's what you help them with, right? You help people reduce their stress by teaching them the connection of the brain and the mind and the body. So it's getting clear and understanding who your ideal client is, what are their pain points? What do they need help with and getting in front of them? So for someone like Elizabeth, who's obviously an expert in, you know, health and wellness and brain-based health and all of that, you, you might think health and wellness shows. And yes, there's a segment of that, but I said, you need to be going on shows, speaking to people like me that are growing multi seven figure businesses and need to sleep at night, need to reduce their stress, need to, you know what I mean? So it's about figuring out who your target market is and getting in front of them and t- and talking about the issues that they experience the most pain because people want to get out of pain more than anything. So that's kind of step one is kind of, that's like laying out the strategy, right? You have to be speaking on the right topics. You have to be creating the right type of content that engages your, your potential clients. Now, so that is a strategy that applies as a podcast guest, it sounds like. So if you were taking someone to have them be a guest, go out and get in front of the right people, which Sounds a lot like a good marketing strategy. Get in, front of <laughs> yeah. the right, get in front of the right people, tell your story to them and mm-hmm. let them opt in to your program just like you did. Yes. Yes. Now, what if someone has their own podcast and they're not so much thinking about being a guest on other podcasts? Uh-huh. Maybe they should be. What advice yeah. would you give them? So it's the same thing, except you're creating the content, right? So you want to be thinking about who is your, what are your, what is your goal? Why are you doing this podcast? Cause you know, Brian, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time at the end of the, the day, so to speak, you want to get something out of it is that's more visibility to your target market. If that's having, you know, an impact with the people that are listening. So know who are you speaking to? And then you want to be creating content creating podcast episodes that are interesting to your target market. What does your audience want to learn about? What do they find most important and valuable to them and their life? So if you know you have listeners on, you know, listeners of your podcast that want to start doing what you're doing, they're like, I love listening to Brian. I love how he does this podcast. And, and they're like, hey, Brian, how do I do podcast? Oh, I'm going to bring on an expert to talk about that, right? So it's creating content that your audience wants. So many people, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, but you could just go on a podcast and or just start your own show and talk about whatever you want to talk about. You may or may not grow an audience that way. So it's a balance of like creating content that you want to talk about, but also hearing what your audience wants, because that's how you'll continue to grow. That's how you'll keep listeners listening to you each and every week, because they're like, oh my gosh he is creating content that I want to listen to. Very interesting. So again, we're back to marketing, you know, <laughs> understanding your ideal client and what they want to hear and giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's being, it's also this, like we said before, this is about being a leader, 
when you have a podcast, you have a platform to be a leader and to really create change. Like you, you literally have created a virtual stage for yourself. What are you going to do at that stage? You, you know, you, you have an opportunity, you have ears listening to you. So this is your opportunity to have an impact on the world, to make a change, to, you know, move people with your stories and with the guests that you bring on. So it's a responsibility as well. And it sounds like from your standpoint, which I think is a valuable lesson, that if someone has their own content, their own podcast, I found this, you will start to attract a lot of people who want to come on. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like one of the lessons that you're sharing is you need to be a little bit discerning with that because you want to make sure as nice as those people might be, you want to make sure you are putting the right people in front of your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be bringing on guests that, I mean, I think the most important thing with bringing on guests, you've got to want to talk to them because I, I mean, I, I, there's, you know, that's one example in my head that I can think of where the guest was amazing and the host was amazing. Then together, just, there wasn't chemistry, right? We're talking about two humans coming together, having conversation, right? There are so many amazing people out there, but they don't all belong on a conversation together, right? <laughs> so it, it is important as a host that you bring on people that you have a genuine curiosity about, because if you don't really want to talk to that person, they could be wonderful. But if you don't want to talk to them, the listeners don't want to hear that conversation, right? So you, again, it's a balance. What do the listeners want to learn? What do they want to hear about? And who do you want to talk to, right? There are so many people that can talk about podcasting. I'm honored that you chose me. I'm honored that we're having a good conversation right now, but there might be other people that can talk about this that maybe Brian, you're just like, yeah, we don't really, not you so know much. what I mean? <laughs> not so much. Right. And it's like, you're a great person, but just not the right match for this show. So it is, that's why I love what I do is because it is matchmaking personalities as much as it is bringing the right content to the right people. And I love your illustration of the stage. I hadn't thought of it that way before, but literally if you had an audience in a theater and a stage and a bunch of people who wanted to get on stage, you would be a little bit discerning about who actually got the right to go on that stage in front of your audience. Exactly. And that's why I think it's really important if you're wanting to guest on shows, you, you need to have some audio content up online, right? If somebody, I mean, we only interview our clients on our show, but if someone pitches me and I'm open to it, I need to hear a sample of what you sound like. I'm it's like buying a house sight unseen. Like you need to be able to do a walkthrough before you move in. I want to, if I'm going to interview you, I want to be able to hear what you sound like verbally, you know, even right. if it's like, Hey, go check out this YouTube video. I did. I want to be able to hear what you sound like. I, I remember one person pitched me years ago and I went and listened to one of their interviews or a video and they were so monotone and so dry. And I'm like, I'm going like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm fall, like <laughs> you can't, I'm like, not, I'm just like the soul is being sucked out of me. I need to, for me, I need to have a conversation with somebody that's like engaging. That's going to want to banter back and forth. <laughs> right. So. Right. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, as we wrap up here, just a snippet. I know this is a, probably, you could do 30 minutes on it, but <laughs> What's it like to grow this business? Aside from the podcasting, how does it feel? And what are the challenges when you come in with just an idea that your dad gave you? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it becomes this massive thing, which everyone dreams about. But mm -hmm. I'm sure that brings its own sets of challenges. 
Yeah. It's, it kind of feels like I'm in a really fast car without any rear view mirrors or without like with blinders on, you know, because I'll have conversations with people that are like, you know, I saw some friends over the weekend that I haven't seen in a while. They're like, oh my gosh, like your business is growing so much. And I see you on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I have this moment of realizing I'm like in the car going fast without blinder, without, you know, with those blinders on or whatever. <laughs> and then I realize how other people see it, right? Sometimes you need to actually step out of the car and see what's happening. I don't know if that made any sense, but it's, it's a, it's a wild ride, I guess. What's it like? It's a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you still get your hands on the wheel. Yes. <laughs> That's great. And then I yeah. thought I'd ask you one more question. And we talked about this just a bit before we started taping. You have a love of leadership. You said you went to college for it. And yeah. how's that coming into play in your life? Well, I am obsessed with people living up to their full potential. And so, you know, if I see someone that's like absolutely just crushing it and doing amazing, I want to see that person progress into leadership because I want them to then lead other people to live up to that full potential. Right. So it's just something I've, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I always grew into leadership in any job that I had, whether it was like at the ice cream shop, when I was a teenager, I was like le leading those shifts, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that ice cream. It's, 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 and it's ingrained to me. It's a part of who I am. And, you know, professionally, I just, I love mentoring and leading people. I want people to live up to their potential. I want them to break through the barriers that, you know, their circumstances have put on them. I'm, I'm, volunteer through an organization called foster forward, where I'm a mentor to a girl who just aged out of the foster care system. And I just, I stick with her because while circumstances have told her that, you know, she might not be able to go super far. I'm like, I like, I will not let her go until I see her live up to that potential. So whether it's in my business or through my personal life with the work that I do with, you know, my kids, it's like, I want to see people break through whatever barriers circumstances have put up against them. Obviously, because I'm in this business, I'm biased, but I think that's the best feeling in the world, right? To see somebody yes. that was at point A, have them get to point B, C, D, wherever, and know that maybe you just did a tiny little part of that, but there's a tiny little sliver of that that you can sort of say, I helped them make this progress. Yeah. You know, we have a member of our team who, you know, was had a really rough month with her, with her KPIs. And the next month, you know, we, we made an investment in, in training and developing them and they 10x their performance the next month and to see it's not just seeing the the metrics change and the performance change but to see them and work with them each and every day and see the transformation that happened with them and their confidence it's so rewarding it's so rewarding absolutely if someone's listening to this as they should be and jane were their butterflies and whoever else <laughs> <laughs> says i have to work with jessica she needs mm -hmm. to help me i want to do this how do they find you? Yeah, so we have a Facebook group that I'd love for folks to join. It's called Guest Expert Profit Lab. So we do trainings every Tuesday. We do a live training about podcasting and monetizing the mic. So that's where we're most active. So I'd love for folks to join that Guest Expert Profit Lab. Um, just search it on Facebook or interviewconnections.com slash group is that will direct you there. Jessica, I can't thank you enough. Like I said, I was looking forward to this for a long time and we even had a better conversation than I was hoping for. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Brian. It was really fun.